You're listening to Castle Rock First United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Castle Rock FUMC, you can go online at fumccr.org. Thank you, and have a good day. If you remember last week, um, I shared with you that our sermon series for the next few weeks is going to be looking at um, questions that we have around the table, or as I like to refer to them as table talks. And these are conversations that sometimes we have around our tables with friends and family and loved ones. And sometimes it can be conversations that we have uh, in places that you weren't prepared for. I, I know that I've had uh, definitely a fair share of some of these questions that, have, that I've had uh, throughout um, my experience. And so um, I, I wanted, I feel like this was a good thing to do uh, as we kick off our summer season. And, you know, because you never know when you're going to have these conversations. And, and I believe that when we gather in worship, one of the things to do, my job is to help equip you to go out into the world uh, to be feel at least a little bit confident in what um, you feel and believe. And so with that in mind, uh, our question for today is why does God allow suffering? Uh, that's a heavy question, and, and there are volumes and books that are written about this. Um, I always recommend one book in particular in regards to this topic, and specifically is uh, Adam, Hamilton book, Adam Hamilton's book, Why? Uh, it's an amazing book. Uh, his chapter on this is very short, but yet it's so deep uh, that it provides uh, great uh, reflection upon that question. And so with that in mind, uh, let's jump to the scripture reading for today, which is Genesis chapter 1, verses 27 through 24a. Hear these words. God created humanity in God's own image. In the divine image, God created them, male and female. God created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fertile and multiply. Fill the earth and master it. Take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and everything crawling on the ground. Then God said, I now give you all the plants on the earth and yield seeds, and all the trees whose fruit produces its seeds within it. They will be your food. To all the wildlife, to all the birds in the sky, and to everything crawling on the ground, to everything that breathes, I give all the green grasses for food. All that's what ha- all that, and that's what happened. God saw everything he had made, and it was supremely good. There was evening and there was morning on the sixth day. Then the heavens and the earth and all who live in them were completed. And on the sixth day, God completed all the work that he had done. And on the seventh day, God rested from all the work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all the work of creation. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. This is the scripture of faith for the people of faith. Thanks be to God. Amen. So what does this lectionary text today that's talking about Trinity Sunday have to do with why does God allow suffering? I've been trying to wrestle with that all week in all honesty. But as I thought about that, and I thought about this scripture, it's part of a larger story. If you've ever read Genesis 1, 2, and 3, you notice that, that in the beginning, God began to create. And how that happens, we really don't know. Um, I mean, we have two creation stories. All we know is that God created. Outside of that, it's up for your debate on how that happened, or the time frame, or anything else. You can talk about that all you want to, but my answer is, in the beginning, God created. And in the beginning, when God created, he, he created this being called human. 
and we call him Adam, and, and then he created Eve. And, and how that happens, it depends on which uh, creation story you believe in, because they're different in both stories. But one of the things that I find interesting about Genesis 1, 2, and 3 is that it's about the beginning of the world. And if we notice that even in the scripture I read for you today, that the promise that God made to man was that I'll take care of and I'll be with you. And, and even in Genesis 2, when, when this, in the second creation story, when, when, when God created uh, Adam and Eve and, 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 and all these things were happening, the, the promise was there. I will take care of you. I will never abandon you. Now we get to three, and that's when things hit the fan. Because it's in three that we see where, where and depending on how you feel about this and your understanding of the theological thought of uh, original sin, um, you have the story of Adam and Eve. And, 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 and God told Adam, now notice, in the very beginning, God told Adam, do not eat from this fruit. Who did he forget to tell? And even in that moment that, that Eve was persuaded to eat the fruit. And, and, and where do we from this? We, 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 we struggle with this. We suffer from this because, well, lack of communication kills us. Could you imagine if Adam would have told Eve, don't eat from the fruit. Just, just don't. No matter how good it looks, no, how, no matter how much chocolate is on it, do not eat it. Could you imagine, like, how things would be? But yet, in the minute, even when that happens, even when that disconnect from God and human happens, the one thing that happens is that God could have fulfilled God's true promise of you eat from this fruit, you die. But God remembered that he created them. And he loved them. And he called them good. And so in the first act of grace that God gives us, he says, all right, well, now because you ate from this, now you're going to suffer. But I'm never going to leave you. And I think when we think about suffering, we, we, we have to keep in mind that no matter what it is we're going through, and, and we all have suffered, <laughs> and, and one suffer doesn't weigh heavier than others, suffering is suffering. I think sometimes we want to quantify suffering. We, we want to quantify that, that suffering is greater than this suffering, and, and this suffering is even greater than that suffering, and suffering is suffering. <laughs> And I can tell you from firsthand experience as someone who has suffered over the last few years with a debilitating disease, pain is pain. And when we suffer, it hurts us. It draws us down. But it's how we answer to that suffering that what matters. It's how we lean into God. And, 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 and I think of you know Adam and Eve, and I think about how it begins, and and. Even then, they were still trying to lean into God. Even here now, as, as we think about this, as we think about uh, suffering that we have seen or experienced, the, 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 the thing that we are called to is to lean into God. And God will take care of us. Now, it may not be in the great healing band-aid. It may not be in the way that we want, but it's probably the way that we really need that time and space. And Hamilton reminds us in his book why. He says, the Bible definitely doesn't teach those who follow God will have a life of bliss. It describes the dog faith of those who continue to trust God despite their suffering and comfort, strength, and hope they find in the face of suffering. 
I always think of I always think of people who have gone through struggles and 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 the loss of friends or family and 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 it's always amazing to see when when they have that faith that even that loss doesn't bother them that they just they know that it's okay and they have that comfort and they have that peace and Hamilton even reminds us that the sleeping message of the Bible is not to promise those who believe and do goodwill will not suffer. Instead, the Bible is largely a book about people who refuse to let go of their faith in the face of suffering. I know for me and some that I've sat with when they've been facing suffering or loss or just difficult situations, it's their faith that brings them through. It's their faith in God, even if God feels distant and they, they recognize that and they acknowledge that. But they lean in and they trust that God is going to take care of them and provide for them. And to me, that's what it means. Like in the beginning, when God began to create the promise that God has always promised us and always uh, given to us is that God will always be there for us. And this is. Sunday. This is the Sunday where we recognize the Trinity. And what a better way to talk about that, that, that God will be with us, whether it is God, the creator, uh, Jesus, the, the son, or Holy Spirit, the inspirer. That God is with us in some way, shape, or form. And sometimes we don't recognize it. Sometimes we, we're going through a difficult time and, and we forget that those people that are, are there for us are, are working on behalf of God to, to keep them going, to keep them focused, to keep them moving on. And I think that that's where we, we, we lean into is that we know that we're not going through this alone. It's one of the reasons why I love the church. Because <laughs> I know that if I'm going through something, I'm going to have people that will have my back. Or people that will be cheering me on. And, and, and to me, that's what it means. Is that why does God allow suffering? God doesn't allow suffering. And then that question is not a great question. <laughs> and then the real question is, where is God in the midst of suffering? And God's right there. I think of the man that, that lost his home uh, during the tornado uh, about 10 years ago. Sitting on his slab, happy as can be with his rocker. That was the only thing left was his slab and his rocker. Everything else was gone. But yet he was happy. Because he knew that God was going to take care of him. And that's what he told me. I said, you know, how can we help you? And he said, well, obviously I'm missing something. Uh, and, but I've got my rocker and I've got God. What else do I need? How often when we've been facing suffering have we just said that? I've got this and I've got God. What else do I need? And I think that that's what suffering calls us to. I'm not saying that we're suffering so we can find God. I don't know. Nor am I saying you've done something wrong because that's why you're suffering. What I'm saying is that suffering is inevitable in our human experience. We all go through it in some way, shape, or form. But one of the things I love about the church is that we don't go through this alone. Not only is God with us, but we have a community of faith of people who love us and care for us and support us. And I do believe that's why um, Hamilton wrote that God's primary way of working through in the world is through people who are empowered and led by God's spirit. How many times have you had a friend going through something and you just said, you know, I haven't for a while. Why don't I give him a call? 
Why don't I take them out to lunch? Why don't I take groceries? Have you ever just been nudged in that direction? Have you ever had one of those moments where you know someone's going through a hard time? Maybe you're, you're at a on their face and you can just say, hey, are you okay? And you just listen to them. And that's like one of the greatest gifts you can give someone who's suffering. Just listen to them. You don't have to fix their problem. You don't have to have uh, all the fixes just listening to them. Ever notice how that is a great way of helping someone? And that's how we can help people get through suffering. And I think that one of the things that we can do is that we we don't heal from suffering. It's something that we have. It's something that we do. But we come out on the other end changed. And what I mean by that is that when we go through this, we, we know that after this, we can face anything. Now, I know I can't run and jump like I used to. I know that I'm limited in my physical abilities, what I used to do. But I know I'm in a better place. My suffering isn't what it was from a year ago. I was looking at Facebook posts a year ago and seeing, you know, oh, hey, I just got a hip replacement surgery and I'm moving in two weeks. <laughs> I remember that pain. But I got through it because I wasn't alone. I not only had my friends and family, I had a church, two churches. I had two churches on my back helping me get through this. And church, I think that's what it means. Is it, It's not why does God allow suffering. It's how do we respond when we are suffering. Are we loving one another? Are we caring for one another? And that looks different for everybody. Not everybody has to do the same thing. Sometimes it's just saying, hey, how are you doing? Or, hey, I noticed you haven't been around in a while. Is there anything I can do for you? That's what really matters. And I think that if we can be willing to be beacons of hope for those that are suffering, we can change the world. We can make it better. And, and that question, why does God allow suffering? God doesn't allow it. <laughs> but it's just part of the human experience in which we are to respond. And if we're going through suffering, if you're going through any kind of suffering right now, I want you to hear this, that God is with you. You're not alone. If you're not and you want to be a help, just be you <laughs> and love your neighbor. And see what happens. Because if we can do that, while we'll have to wrestle with suffering, and we all will, it doesn't just go away because we say, no more suffering. I've tried that. It doesn't work. <laughs> but if we recognize that we're not alone, and that we realize that God is with us, and we have a faith community that is right there with us, it makes this world an easier pill to swallow, even in the midst of suffering. So don't be afraid and recognize that God is with you at all times, at all places. And you're going to be okay. Let us pray.